Welcome to Smith Weekly Discussions, an occasional program for our members of Smith Weekly Research. Please note this program is a private discussion and everything contained herein is for entertainment and educational purposes only. With that, we hope you're in a comfortable position, along with your favorite beverage, to enjoy the discussion. We remind our audience to examine the show notes attached to each of our shows to better understand how our program functions. Before we get into our discussion, we want to say thanks for questions coming from our audience at Smith Weekly, including Paul M., Todd A., Steve B., and Gordon S. Brand new guest on the program today, Mr. Adam Lundin has joined us. Adam is the president and CEO of Jose Maria Resources, a copper gold-focused project developer advancing the Jose Maria project, which sits on the Argentine-Chile border, San Juan province. The company is listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange under the symbol J-O-S-E and also on the U.S. OTC markets under the symbol J-O-S-M-F. Adam, it's a pleasure. How are you doing, sir? Andrew, it's great to be here. Thanks. I'm, I'm doing well. Maybe let's kick it off here, maybe with some kind of broader questions and a little bit off topic, perhaps. But the Lundin umbrella, you know, this is a family and some friends business. How do you get along? Because family businesses really have some challenging dynamics. Yeah, you know, it's a, it's a big family business in a sense that, you know, there's a lot of family members in it and there's a lot of bases to cover. And uh, we all know what makes a business work and, and that's having good people in it. So, you know, we have common goals and we want to focus on, on, on great assets and move them forward. So I think there's a lot to cover where you know we're not tripping over each other we're all helping each other move our move our projects forward uh any way we can and and we can i can lean on my brothers i can lean on my my father and my uncle and and i can lean on the broader group for for advice and help so uh it is a very warm family feel to it it has a lot of depth to it and you guys are just about everywhere and just about everything in the natural resource complex it's interesting and good to point out that uh you know, these types of groups have a lot of leverage. They have a lot of relationships and extreme operational depth as well. Um, as a kid, the first maybe 20 years or so, Adam, what was the early days like with mom and dad? Did you determine at an early age that you were going to stay in this business and take the growth forward? What was the thought process earlier on? Yeah, I think the thought process, you know, is seeing my dad super passionate for the business, obviously traveling a lot. Um, you know, he was able to work with his dad and, and, and my uncle and everyone was close. And even if we ever vacationed together as a family, you know, it was still work focused at, at the dinner table and the conversations. And, and it, it just always seemed very exciting growing up and, and always felt like something I, I wanted to be a part of. Yeah, that's great. And family business, a uh, bit of experience on that front as well. And uh, certainly, certainly know what it's like to take the work home. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, Adam, I'd like to go through the market conditions of maybe a few of your favorites here, but let's just chat about your view on copper here. Um, I think as we speak, you know, copper's sitting around about $4.22 a pound. What's your thoughts on copper here? Yeah, I'm, I'm very bullish copper and, and it started a while back when, uh, when people were quite bearish copper, but, um, you know, as we started to, to aggressively or continue to move forward, Jose Maria and Filo del Sol, which is 12 kilometers away from us, as we started to move those projects forward, you know, we quickly noticed that, you know, looking at those field seasons we were doing were some of the biggest field seasons in South America on the mining side on exploration uh, and, and further advancing Jose. Um, and, and it was just kind of odd, you know, why, why is our little group having some of uh, the 
most extensive field programs ongoing. And, and we always, you know, it was tough and, and the family's writing the bulk of the equity checks to move the projects forward. And, and no one, you know, there was not much participation from the outside, but we knew it was going to turn. And when it turned, we'd, we'd be at the, the top of the list for, for advanced projects. And, and, you know, those big, big companies, you know, you're kind of waiting for the mandate from the board to, to grow. And so if we're growing and, and they turn around and want to grow, they're going to see our projects at the top. Um, now that that's starting to play out and, and you see Jose Maria, you know, we'll be the next greenfield project to, to be built. We want to start construction next year. And, you know, you don't see much out there on the go, right? You got Quiveco and you got QB2 both coming online in the middle of next year, both doing about 300,000 tons. And then, you know, I don't see any projects of, of material size uh, going forward. So I think that puts us in a, in a great shape. So on one side, I, I see the, the lack of supply that can, that can be brought online. And then, you know, demand has always been strong, but it's getting even stronger with uh, everyone wanting to electrify and, and decarbonize. I think copper has a huge role to play going forward here, as does another uh, fuel um, on that energy side, which I want to get to and digress to in a moment, Adam. But uh, how about gold? 1775 an ounce here. Obviously, the, the Jose Maria project likes these gold and copper prices, mm -hmm. but uh, what's your position on gold here? Like copper, you know, it's easy to, to see the supply and, and demand side. Obviously, gold's a, a little different. I think the commodity prices today is, is beautiful pricing with, with copper and gold. It's very healthy levels where they're at, and, and the miners are going to make a lot of money. I think gold, you know, as the world kind of goes through it and you see the devaluation of currencies, uh, gold's going to have a good time. On energy, the group is involved with production of oil, but also has exposure to nuclear fuel, uranium, via Denison Mines. What is your position on nuclear power and also uh, any thoughts on the current supply chain problems in the uranium mining business? Yeah, uranium, obviously it's been a tough slug. I think it's it's tough in the sense that it's it's not that transparent. You know, it's, it's tough to, to see what, what people's stockpiles or, or positioning is. But at the end of the day, it's uh, it's one of the cleanest forms and, and, and long lasting forms of, of, of energy. So there's a place for it. You know, you see government starting to get behind it. So perhaps we have some, some good years in front of us in, in uranium, and it's a, it's a good energy source. Thanks for that. Well, let's get into Jose Maria Resources here, Adam. Give us just a quick overview of the capital structure here, including shares outstanding, some of the major holders, and then also uh, how far the current cash carries the company into this uh, definitive study process. Yeah, for sure. So Jose Maria, we have about uh, we have 380 million shares outstanding. We've broke through. I think we're we're trading around a dollar oh five, which which is nice to see. I, I still think we're 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 undervalued. We finished a feasibility study last year. We're getting into basic engineering, um, and we want to break ground in the middle of next year. Where we submitted our environmental impact assessment uh, to the San Juan uh, province in February of this year. And we expect uh, to get that approval by Q1 next year latest, and then we'll get into sectoral permitting. But Jose Maria is a, is, it's a big project. It's a moderate grade, grade project. You know, it's 0.3% it's copper, 0.22 grams a ton gold, um, but, you know, 7 million ounces gold, 6.7 billion pounds copper, and 31 million ounces silver, and uh, quite a, an attractive production profile. So we'll be in production for 19 years. I think that'll be extended. Uh, we're doing a big field program this year, which I think we'll be able to convert inferred material. We have 700 million tons of inferred 
I think that will be, you know, portion that will be converted over to reserves. We'll be able to extend the mine life. But at the end of the day, we'll be doing 130,000 tons of copper, 230,000 ounces of gold, and million ounces of, of silver for, for 19 years. Adam? You know, in today's dollars, U.S. dollars, we have a capex right now. You know, I know you guys are working on some optimization work here, but uh, 3.1 billion U.S. dollars. What do you think the financing strategy is? I know you guys probably want to take this in pieces, and we've seen some of this mm -hmm. uh, strategy work really well with really large projects. Maybe Ivanhoe Mines is a good example here. But uh, yeah. what do you see as the likely mix of the financing here at a good outcome, you know, for everybody, but also shareholders, you know, first and foremost? Yeah, and Andrew, sorry, I didn't fully answer the, the last question. So we have about uh, access to about 45 million U.S. That that should carry us well into to Q1 next year. And then financing, yeah, the capex and the feasibility study was 3.1 billion. I definitely see some price escalation across the board. So I expect our our capex to increase. Uh, we're also uh, doing some things to set up the mine also for a district, right? With the success at Silo nearby. Uh, we want to make sure we have the capability to bring in any neighboring deposits and if we want to expand. So so we're setting up for that as well. And that that, that obviously increases the CapEx a bit. But financing and my mandate from the board is, is to get this project uh, into production. And so it's a big CapEx and, and looking to finance that, I think uh, the best opportunity would be to, to bring in a, a partner. You know, we've done it many times before on, on the mining side. If it was Freeport in, in the DRC, or uh, Newcrest in Ecuador, and we work well with other mining companies. I, I think that's that's a that's a good option, but also with with strong you know co-products of of gold and silver. If we want to do something on the streaming side, I I believe I can bring in uh, north of a billion dollars there. Um, and then what we're working on in Argentina is 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 to make the country you know come up with a, a tax code that's successful uh, and entices people to start building mines. So I think with fiscal stability, that will open up the door to to uh, to, to debt and and have uh, have banks lend to the project. So I'll be I don't have a crystal ball and can't break it down extremely clearly, but you know owning 100% of the project, uh, I, I you know there's a lot of levers we can pull on to finance that capex. Yeah, Adam, that's great. And there's a lot of the royalty space has done well and it's grown. Um, there's a lot of uh, competing money out there in the royalty and streaming space. As you know, that's interesting in itself there. And then the relationship with some of the majors, which, you know, brings me to, you know, another question here. What is the intent here? I mean, you guys certainly have Los Holados nearby, Belo's mm -hmm. doing well. Mm -hmm. You have relationships with majors, uh, obviously Freeport, Southern Co., and, and even Barrick and Newmont have to be looking around, sniffing around BHP Rio. And so mm -hmm. at the end of the day, is this something that you guys want to maintain control of and, and ultimately be the operator of? Or do you see that this is something that you guys would sell off at the right price, Adam? What's the thought here? I think the position the lending group is in and, and, and the family and, and having control of these deposits, you know, all of them 12 to 15 kilometers apart from each other, we need a, a processing facility uh, up and running and Jose Maria will be first off the block and then, you know, see what type of tiebacks we can do. I think it's extremely unique to be in this position. You know, we look at this district as, as, as something very prolific and and like a Chuki Kamada or a, or a Red Dog or big you know big projects of that size and, and and when you have a district of this size this is this is definitely a a company maker and obviously the goal is, is is to build you know the greatest mining company around but that being said 
obviously we're always going to do what's best for shareholders and, and, and being a shareholder. If the right bid comes along, we'll have to entertain it and take it seriously. Yeah, Adam, that's interesting because you've got the three companies and, mm -hmm. you know, Los Holados and Jose Maria was together. Obviously, there's yeah. a slight difference in a border right there, but uh, this combined is a big undertaking and a big company. So it'd be interesting to see what you guys end up doing here, but everything's so close together. It's it's really, uh, there had to have been a thought process early on that this is just a, a fantastic way to go about things here. Let's switch over here and, and just maybe talk about the regulatory environment and country risk in the case of Jose Maria, Argentina. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. But it seems like Argentina, a bit of a mixed bag, but if you do things right, and it definitely is geared towards those who can do the right strokes at the local community and government levels, but talk about the relationship with uh, Argentina. And do you see that the government really ultimately supports this within a pretty quick time frame? I really do. I think, you know, would love to take credit for, for the share price run in, in Jose, but I, I believe a lot of it has to do with how vocal Argentina's been about the project. You know, you've had the president uh, out in San Juan endorsing the project. You, you have the governor who's very supportive. Um, we've been in Argentina for, for almost 30 years. Uh, we opened up the, the country once for mining, and, and that was Alambrera. We ended up selling that to, to Rio Algum, and then we made the, the Valadero Gold Discovery, which is a producing mine in the hands of Barrick today. And now kind of having that demand, the, the power, the, the team, the capability to build, and also a little more financial strength than we had back then, you know, we, we'd like to try and put it into, into production and, and maintain operatorship again. Uh, we'll do what, what's best for shareholders, but you're exactly right with this district and, and these deposits cluttered so closely together, uh, it's going to be attractive for a lot of parties. So 2026 has been the stated initial production objective, Adam. Talk mm -hmm. about the major milestones here to get to this point. Walk us through because, you know, you guys are going to probably start something next year, as you've indicated. Yeah. Um, to talk us through kind of the process here to production, the major milestones as you see it here. Um, obviously, with the environmental impact statement coming mm -hmm. uh, most likely first half and probably not later than June 2022. Yeah, so I think the key milestones, obviously, you know, completing the feasibility study, confirming we do have a project, building out the, the builder team, bringing on some world-class talent led by Phil Brummett. I see the, the catalyst going forward. You know, we need, we need EIA approval. I uh, fully uh, believe we'll get fiscal stability uh, this year. And then, you know, catalyst going forward, you know, we've got a big field program coming up. We'll be doing uh, about 55 to 60,000 meters. Predominantly, a lot of that will be infill, doing taking more metallurgical samples in, in, in the first five years and the next five to 10 and, and more samples for, for 10 plus years. Uh, I think the catalyst outcome out of the field program will be uh, extended mine life and, and extended reserves and increased reserves. And then after we get our EIA approval in, in, in Q1 or earlier, uh, we'll get into sectoral permitting and then really start breaking ground in the middle of 2022. Also some catalysts, you know, we're doing a bit of regional exploration. Obviously this this corridor we're in, with Filo, Los Alados, uh, Jose and, and Casaronas, we see some targets that we want to go and test outside the, the resource envelope. So we could have some success there. Now I see it a very exciting next uh, six to 12 months and, and good catalyst. Interested to see how this continues to go here, and a credit back to Ron Hochstein at Lundin Gold. Fantastic work in Ecuador there, and uh, always good to see that progress and, and be very successful here. Um, 
maybe just talk a little bit about maybe some of the challenges you see here, Adam, with this area. Obviously, you know, energy is a bit of an issue, and then also I think a bigger issue is water. What's your thoughts on water here, Adam, and what are the options being considered here? Yeah, the fortunate thing about being in, in Argentina, there's a, a abundant supply of, of water. And so, you know, we've identified our water source that will support the project's needs. You know, it starts as close as a kilometer and a half away. And we've done those those flow tests and, and flow rate demonstrated that it uh, it will it's abundant and it will supply the project. And so I think that's a very um, beneficial thing to have uh, versus being in Chile where you'd have to build a desal plant and, and then pump your water to the project. Which, which will add, you know, half a billion to a billion to your capex. So that's a, a big benefit of, of being in Argentina. And then also, you know, we'll be tapping into grid power. The national grid is, is a 500 kV line and, and we'll be bringing that up to site because also, you know, being in San Juan, it's a very sunny place. I think there's a lot of opportunity for, for renewable power. And uh, so we're studying those options as well. Uh, the goal is definitely to have a, a, a carbon neutral mine. Well, with this project and really with the whole group, I mean, you've got uh, other responsibilities within the Lundian group. What keeps you up at night at this point with regards to this project and then maybe the whole group? It's just execution. And it's it's really, you know, we talk about vision and, and big goals. It, it, it's really, you know, short term. If I can't, if, if the team and I and, 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 and we can't execute short term, never, never, no one's going to believe that, that we can bring this online. So, it's just really, you know, the day to day and in making sure, you know, the rigs are getting the site, the camp expansion, the discussions with the government are progressing. Um, and, and it's a very short term and focused on that essence on, on execution, super key. So when we do talk about the vision, uh, people buy into that and believe it because we've been able to, to execute on, on our short term milestones. Yeah, fully agreed. And it's no small feat. There's a lot of pieces to this. And, uh, you know, you're at the top here in, in regards to just all the all the extra work that comes. And obviously having good people surrounding you makes a lot of sense for getting this done and actually delivering on the objectives. Adam, the, the Lunding Group, ESG, what is the difference today for Lunding ESG 2021 and Lunding ESG 1990? Because, you know, at that time back in 1990, you and I were probably just getting out of diapers at the time. But has the intent on the Lundin ESG really changed? I think for us, so like community engagement has always been super important and, and obviously social license and it's always been a focus of ours. I think what's really changed is, is you know, people wanting to go carbon neutral and getting there. I think that's a, that's a bigger focus that wasn't even talked about in, in the 90s or even early 2000s. And, and now it is. It's at the forefront. It's important. Uh, it will what will differentiate your your project from getting financed or not getting financed. So I think social engagement has always been super key to us. But being able to build and bring on you know a green mind that that that's not uh, that that is carbon neutral. I think that's a huge focus. I think we've had a lot of success with it. I'm, I'm fortunate to sit on the board of Lundin Energy, where you know our barrels are are classified carbon neutral and, and certified carbon neutral, and, and we've been able to to offset any CO2 emissions with further investment in in wind or planting trees. And also, best way to go about it is if, if if you can connect you know your power source with uh, with hydroelectricity. So I think that that's a bigger focus now uh, than in the past. Adam, any specific initiatives um, at the local, you know, Jose Maria project level? Um, obviously, we know there's communities 
not right there, but certainly nearby, um, any particular initiatives that you want to point out that you guys are focused on with the community? Yeah, I think, you know, we went out and, you know, tendered seeing, you know, independent power producers and, and seeing who can do solar and who can, how much power can we get from there? And, and also seeing, you know, were, were there any dams in the province of San Juan that, that haven't been constructed because they needed an end user uh, having those, those conversations. And then at the community level, you know, Ron is such a good mentor and, and, and seeing how successful and, and well he does it at, at Lending Gold. I think a good one that I like is, is the catering company that Lending Gold and the foundation started and using local produce and, and obviously being a key contract at the beginning, but then having that catering company go out and, and service other sectors. So when the mine is gone, that business will, will still flourish. I think, you know, little like initiatives like that are ones we want to embark on and, and have started working on. Great examples. Absolutely. Fully agreed. I think it makes a lot of sense to uh, to support the community and then also listen to what they want. I think that's really important rather than telling them what they need. Um, it's better to hear it from them. And uh, I think that's good, too. And then the sustainability component, I think that makes a, a lot of sense as well. Gearing things in that direction beyond just a mine makes a lot of sense to me. With regards to Jose Maria, as you guys get moving here, a lot of stuff coming down the pipe over the next few years. Is there any Anything on the horizon regards to upgrading the listing, such as uh, LSE or NYSE AMAX at this point? Yeah, so right now we're main board Canada. Uh, we have that like shadow US listing, uh, main board in Sweden. We're quite content with our current listings. Yeah, no, I, I think we'll, we'll hold status quo. Well, Adam, for all types of potential investors who might be listening here, Jose Maria stands at about a 380 million Canadian market cap. What would you say to those who are listening about the promises of this company and, of course, the backer, the Lundin Group? I think we make a lot of progress. And when you have big shareholders in, in, involved in company decisions and want to see it moving forward, we're completely aligned and completely motivated with shareholders to move things forward. And so at our project, you know, we came out with a one and a half billion dollar MPV at the feasibility study, and that was the assuming commodity prices of $3 copper, $1,500 gold, and $18 silver. Every 10% increase in the copper price equates to a $300 million increase to MPV. So if we're looking at commodity prices today, you know, we're over a $4 billion MPV and IRR in the mid-20s and a payback of less than two and a half years. So looking at that and looking at our current market cap, you know, attractively priced and, and as long as you continue to execute short term and, and you know you get the EIA approval you execute your field program successfully I think the project is, is going to continue to look good and brighten and I see share price appreciation uh, that's my goal and that's what I'm working on and, and I'm completely aligned and, and so anyone looking to come into the stock today or are currently in the stock we're going to continue to work uh, relentlessly to move this project forward and uh, again like we talked about earlier uh, the lack of new projects and the, the lack of supply and, and the growth and demand, you got a neat project like Jose Maria. If you guys continue to execute on your schedule here, I think that this uh, will continue to move up and uh, mm -hmm. more respect will come. I, I certainly see that that is a, a proposition that's a fairly short-term proposition in this space. And then also this thing prints a lot of cash at current levels. Mm -hmm. uh, for metals prices, and then also the district. I mean, good grief if you start to even throw some numbers at the other Philo and, and Los Halados, um, but uh, the, the whole district prints significant amounts, and this is uh, certainly a, a very compelling proposition here. 
how about uh, best way for investors and other parties to reach out for more detailed questions about the company? Yeah, I can. I think there's a link on the website where you can reach out. You know, growing up, my dad and and the family. You know, if we're going to invest outside the group, or even if we're looking at a project for the group, you know, his criteria was always you always have to go there. Obviously, it's it's tough. Not everyone can make it to site, but but also you you want to be able to, to to speak with management. So anyone interested in the company or reach out, I, I try and make myself available. Give everyone. Uh, at least the ability to speak with me, I think that's important when you're making an investment that you that you understand and, and you have access to senior management. Well, Adam, let's leave it there for now on Jose Maria. I really appreciate you uh, taking the time to meet and thanks for coming on our program. Best wishes and take care out there. Thanks, Andrew. It's been a total pleasure.